Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the latest Shiny Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Spector. And with me, as usual, is uh, Rob Hirschfeld. Uh, good morning, Rob. Stephen, hello. It's been a while, Rob, since it's just the two of us talking, and we don't have a whole guest with us. For our listeners, this will be a bit more like our early podcasts before we went founding, finding tons of guests. And um, we're going to talk about something that came out this week called the State of the Edge Report. And if you haven't seen it, if you go to stateoftheedge.com, you will see a report. It was made by a couple companies, Arm, uh, the Ericsson folks, the Unified Delivery Network. We've talked to them. Packet. Vapor, we've talked to. And we'll say, I think, <laughs> Tons of past and future guests. Past, I think the ARM folks are the only ones we haven't talked to. It's very exciting. So they put out this report. You have to give them your email to get it. I'm not involved in that. So if you're unhappy about that, I apologize. I think it's worth getting. And it's 93 pages long, Rob. Yep. Here, listen to it hitting my desk. <laughs> oh, that was in a coffee cup. <laughs> uh, it's but it's I, heavy. It's heavy. And I can tell you, I didn't expect it to be 93 pages. To, to be fair, it's it's yeah. 80 pages with a 20-page glossary, which is actually pretty impressive. The glossary is pretty impressive. Let's start with that, that they have created something really interesting, and I don't think I've seen this before, called the Open Glossary of Edge Computing. And I think it's part of uh, CNCF. I think there's a Monty it? Python reference in there somewhere. I'm just not sure what it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's an open, I, I guess the best way to say it, it's an open source community of people working on a glossary of edge terms. Is, is that a good way to say it? I mean, this is, this is a consortium-based artifact. And so I, you know, I think that there's a lot, of, a lot of goal here to try and identify standards. A little bit of, of edge competition coming in, in def- these definitions because the OpenStack Edge group has their own you know, white paper and definition, a different group of vendors, you know, defining edge, um, putting, putting together their thoughts on things like that. It, it's pretty aligned, frankly. This isn't everybody fighting over the definition of cloud. I think we, we know what edge is. So it is from the Linux Foundation. I'm looking here. It is a governed project, open source project in the Linux Foundation. There you go. Oh, okay. And, the, and, and this is, so there's a war shaping up um, between Linux Foundation and OpenStack Foundation a little bit. Family laundry. Interesting. We'll see where this works out. Uh, hopefully everybody will just play nicely because Edge is going to cross everybody's Ballywick. And and I'm on the GitHub page, and it's quite, it's quite something. that 42 commits, seven branches, and there's a number of people contributing to it. And that's a big part of the report. I think, you, as you were saying, the whole like last 13 pages definition. And I would and I would start there. So we're we should we should step back for a second. Our goal here is is literally to flip through the report and 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 provide commentary, dash of, of snark and um, insight. You can decide which is which. <laughs> uh, and ultimately, you know, we we think you should download and read review this. This is meant to be a guide for that. If you take our commentary and that's it. Uh, you know, they, they've still gotten benefit. So we'll, we'll, we'll liberally sprinkle the vendors or people through this so you can at least know who's, who's saying these things besides our, our echoing of it. But I also think, you know, the release of this seemed to me, in my view, is this is like a big step forward for Edge. I don't think I've seen anything like this before where, you know, the Linux Foundation, a group of companies are saying, here's what we think Edge is and where it's going. And it gives people a starting point for a, conversation from the same uh, place. We're not talking from 80 different things. We can stop doing what are, what is edge in all our podcasts. <laughs> Steven, <laughs> we, one, I, I agree. We're, we're not, we're never going to do what is edge again. You have to go back in time. If you, if people want to hear, hear our definitions, I think edge is going to be like cloud and we're, we're going to have, you know, it's, it's defining it's not as not as interesting as as talking about it sort of my thinking on that and people spend a lot of time defining terms and that that's helpful but it's to me that this is this is my I, I agree with you it's it's a nice milestone about what is edge edge is, is being built today people are doing it I, I'm not as I'm not as inclined to, to take the milestones because I that from that perspective it's a it's a vendor milestone for certain I guess it's a vendor but, but- it's got the Linux Foundation, and 
it's always interesting to me the open source you know the open source community wants to make a you know here's what we think and as it happens and you know but it's still i still think it's an important document so you know when you go through it there are uh, essentially seven chapters and so what i think we can do is you know kind of go through the first one is called setting the stage everything has a nice little fancy quote Although the quotes go from like uh people that you would know to philosophers kind of thing which is kind of strange and i i will say it's funny i mean i think what i think of edge the number one thing people always think about is cars. I guess we've done the same thing. Uh-huh. And sure enough, it comes out and comes out and talks about cars. Well, let's let's flip through because there's a great application section that I think deserves some some time for for listeners. We're going to get to it. It's that'll be the sort of the you know the back half of the the podcast. And and Steve and I will try not to front load this too much with a whole bunch of commentary, even though it's huge, long. In these, and, and we'll I want to skip. I want to review these what is edge chapters a little bit, um, not to repeat the definitions, but I think, you know, you and I have a unique perspective now, having listened to all these people talk about what is edge and that will help inform sort of our thought on these definitions. How's that for a, it does. I mean, it, the basic definition is it's putting high performance compute and it's interesting. They added storage. Compute storage and network resources as close as possible to end users and devices. So the physical, the physical side, physical and latency seem like they've been the themes. Yeah, but I can't say I've thought a lot about storage. Maybe uh, we've had whole data. We've had whole episodes on data, but processing data. You're going to have the whole a whole blockchain conversation is a storage conversation, right? And I and I think. One of the big insights um, from uh, <laughs> we, we've so let forgive Stephen and I for being time travelers a little bit because um, we've recorded episodes that haven't dropped that'll drop after this session. But one of the interesting components here is the idea that an edge device is incredibly resource limited from a battery or a storage perspective or comp- computation. So edge uh, offloading, edge you know, offloading from an edge device to an edge infrastructure is a major component in what we're talking about. Edge offloading from edge infrastructure, edge devices to edge infrastructure is a major component of what we're talking about. One of the things it says here, and this could be my favorite line of the whole thing, applications will leap from the pages of science fiction and become practical service. <laughs> that is my favorite line of the whole thing. How great Thank you, Will Robinson. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. But that, I, that's just my favorite line because I really do think there's some amazing things that are about to happen with this idea. So that's, I, I agree with that 100%. I, there's a, there's a quote in here um, about it being a once in a generation innovation cycle. And that I, that we see pretty strongly. The, the weird thing about it is that while everybody seems to see this, you know, science fiction emerging with edge and how disruptive it's going to be, none, none of our guests have really been very concrete about how or why it, it, it still feels fuzzy. Do you, does that, true to you? Have we had a a guest who really just said, this is the killer application. This is how edge is going to shape everybody's lives. They haven't, but, but I don't think that it's to me, maybe it's one of those things where the the technology has to be in place. Once it's there and people, it becomes standard, then amazing things can be done with it. And we're focusing on the people trying to build the infrastructure to make it real. And the people that actually use it, I don't know if we really have talked to them yet, except for the the guys from uh, Hangar with the flying drone. With the drones. So I, there, there's a funny thing. So if you look back at science fiction, you've, you've got science fiction missed wireless data almost entirely, in my opinion, right? This whole cell phone, you know, Wi-Fi, that really felt like it was missed in science fiction and I feel like edge is going to have a similar effect. We're, we're very constrained in thinking about technologies in doing work on the device or with the device or on, you know, sort of in situ and that potential to decouple processing and storage from the device, but in a, you know, basically distribute compute It's a whole new distributed compute problem. I, I, I don't think we, we thought about it yet. I think there's applications that are going to be different. And I'm with you on that. But but I do love that line. 
I, oh, I totally agree. One of the ones that came up to me from um, with with Jason Hoffman, when uh, which will air in August. You know, we were talking about Alexas and and other smart speakers. They're basically call and response things, and they offload you know voice analytics you know to to the cloud. If you actually switch that to video and had persistent video throughout your house, it was watching you and anticipating your needs. It could it'd be a, a totally richer experience. It would also be totally creepier, but um. <laughs> a thousand times creepier. I, you know, <laughs> I don't have those Alexa things, and I know you guys always tell me your phone is listening to you, but I, 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 a person staring at me would freak me out beyond belief. But phones, l- phones l- are our favorite audience. They they they, they love our podcast. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's keep going for right, one, one, one of the things that is um, one of the things I noticed reading the whole document as we go through is it's a very cloud approach to edge. And and what I mean by that is it takes the idea of is of extending the cloud. And as a matter of fact, they have a section extending the cloud to the edge. And I feel like that approach seems odd to me. You know, when I think back to like Simon Crosby's podcast. You know, he kind of said, well, this isn't extending the cloud. This is a whole new thing. Is this a cautious approach where they're looking at the progression versus someone saying this is, you know, blow up the whole thing and move forward? I watched the video um, in the document. They linked to a video from uh, Peter Levine, who basically says it's titled End of Cloud Computing with the Edge. And <laughs> yeah, so sorry. Anytime somebody says end of X makes, I'm going to laugh. Yeah. But, but, and, and it's in the doc and it kind of says, well, he's, I don't want to say it says he's wrong, but they see it differently. Yeah. I, we, we, we did a series of, of podcasts about, and there's a section on fog we'll talk about um, after I, I recover my, my uh, breakfast. Um, I'm not a fan of the term. <laughs> and, the idea here is that cloud approaches cloud you know, automation will be applied to the edge. And there's actually a section edge data center versus edge cloud. And to me, this is sort of like trying to differentiate IT from cloud. It, you know, we're at a point where there is no differentiation. Cloud is just IT process in 2018. It's, you know, you automate, you, you, um, you have continuous operations. There's a whole bunch of processes that were just current practice, and I don't think that that that's that's a problem, right? It's it's just the way it is. And so it, it's an artificial distinction. We're trying to put boundaries on things. We're going to write applications that are cloud app, cloud native applications. In hopefully two years, we'll stop calling them cloud native applications, and we'll just think right. CNCF stands for cool new. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, but they, they, the edge data center stuff, though, one, one thing that's also interesting in this document is, is it, it really focuses that the, um, on edge, it's, it's basically moving a data center. You have the data center in your company. All right, everyone yells about it, but you have it. Then you have the cloud infrastructure, which is a data center somewhere else. And they kind of go with the concept that there'll be many data centers out at, um, uh, I'm trying to think of uh, telephone pole, you know, not telephone poles, but cell Wi-Fi towers and things. And I always thought of Edge when people talked about it as these tiny little machines sitting somewhere next to these uh, cell towers. But this document has more of it's going to be like they're like shipping container type data centers sitting at cell towers. I, I mean, I'm I'm gonna there's a vendor spin component for that to me. Um, because of some of the authors are, are invested uh, in, yeah. in, in, in that model. Yeah, but we've talked through IT infrastructure at the edge, and it, it's not to me it's not the physical container you put the servers in, it's the management style that we have for the, the servers, you know, where it's remote API, out-of-band management, you know, operating systems. Um, those, those, I think, are, are a much more important piece. It could be that somebody's going to decide to rent their closet out for, as an edge data center for their, you know, their block or their city, or we're even going to be even more distributed than that, and it's going to be five servers at a time. Yeah, I, I, I don't think we, I don't think we'd know, which is uh, quite interesting to me. And, and we don't know because I don't think we know the commercial model. This has come up in a couple of, of podcasts that we've done, and we're planning a separate retrospective. So I want to, I should be careful about about that 
uh, commercial models are, are going to be really important. Actually, let's save that topic for the retrospective because I actually want to drill on the commercial aspects of shaping, commercial aspects shaping technology when we talk about that. Um, and I think you're entirely right. It's, we don't know how Edge is going to be packaged. One thing we do know that this report doesn't talk about particularly much is the cost of maintaining thousands and thousands of data centers and cell towers and things like that. Cell towers have rules that that don't allow people to go into cell towers without some regulatory compliance and actions and paperwork. And the idea that you could dispatch, you know, those are what we call truck rolls, um, which I don't think made it into the glossary. Um, so maybe I have an open source contrib- contribution in my there future. There you go. But I, I do think we're, we're pretty, you know, going back to the original topic, I'm looking at the edge data center versus edge cloud section. I mean, they're saying the data center is a building, the cloud is the automation, the, the style of approach, API-driven multi-tenancy. One thing that I thought was missing here is that they really don't talk about multi-tenancy. When people think about cloud, cloud is multi-tenancy. It's not my my own, it's not to me a driving definition, but it's an important thing in most people's definition. When they talk about a cloud, they think public cloud, multi-tenant shared infrastructure. And today, a lot of edge infrastructures are not multi-tenant. They're, they're, co- they're colos, where you have dedicated infrastructure for a provider, Acme, Netflix, Amazon, somebody, you know, somebody who's actually maintaining a CDN or something on dedicated gear. There's no concept that that hardware is owned by one company and then multi-tenanted to different application vendors, which means that that edge right now is incredibly expensive and the reach and footprints very expensive. That's not, that's not covered in this report. As a matter of fact, it's funny. This is a very technically technical discussion. It's not a commercial discussion for edge, which is fine. I I don't, I think it's hard for vendors to talk about the commercial side. It's our advantage maybe. But I think what's interesting with that is, you know, when I think about the edge, right. And, and if you have a CDN thing there all the way at the edge, video is pretty bandwidth intensive. Now, how do I know, again, this is the noisy neighbor problem, which it's going to be even a bigger deal, right? Because if this video that's having to run that edge, that's a lot of data. Do I have a SLA of how much data through point, through point they have to give me? Does that get monitored? Um, I, I, you know, because it's so much faster. Although I guess apparently the answer to all things is, well, 5G is the greatest thing. It has tons of space, so don't worry. And there is a section here on on 5G specifically, but yes. One of the other things they did here on this report I thought was interesting is they separated edge into two sides. Uh, I think it's device edge. And I'm I'm looking with... Edge 18, uh, yeah, and 19. Device edge and infrastructure edge. Right. And so this is the first time I, I guess... You probably tell me we talked about in the podcast, but it seems new to me. Fino um, brought these terms up, <laughs> but but they've separated the edges, kind of. And he's an author in the report, so it's it's yeah. We we have in the past called this IT infrastructure at the edge, where it's it's IT resource managed as an IT resource, and I which I, I like so I like infrastructure edge and device edge. Device edge is IoT, and but it's. I, I like it. It ends up feeling very client server to me, which is not great. And yet that's what people are used to, right? Cloud interactions are very client server. And so device edge and infrastructure edge sort of take this well-known, well-trodden, um, you know, architecture and apply it into edge as much as people want to talk about meshes and grids and things yeah. like that. It, it, it's helpful to just say, here's a device. It has to talk to the infrastructure. And then they have, they have this thing that looks like, Orbital plant, planet orbits. The planets, relative yeah. scale resources and Some, KW. Where <laughs> somebody came in, we'll talk about the purple pros in a couple of sections. But uh, every once in a while, you, you come in and you're like, oh, look, it's 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 astronomy. <laughs> but this was this was super interesting when I dug into it. Um, once I got past that, you know, I thought I was looking at Earth and Mars. And the uh-huh. I was about um, to say that. <laughs> it it actually talked about it from a power perspective. Um, and we haven't had a lot of guests talk about power mm-hmm. um, as in like kilowatts of data centers and, and arm chips. We, I would love to actually, we need to get some of the arm people on who are an yeah. author in this report. Power utilization is, is or should be a factor. Um, I have a tendency to think that we are overestimating power as a, as a constraint 
for edge or people, some people are, but that, that was an interesting sort of balance where they talked about power consumption and edge data centers being low power and the need for very low power data centers. And I'll go back to Justin, uh, Jason Hoffman's component, you know, the sort of idea on, no, it's the device power constraints more than the data center power constraints. Yeah, but here they're talking about dead, individual edge data centers are typically 50 to 150 kilowatts in capacity. So as a non-electrical engineer, as I failed out of that, I don't <laughs> So, So this, this, was, I, and I, I, this has always been an issue in data center discussions where you talk about how many rack, kilowatts a, a rack is going to sustain and how much it weighs. And you know, people who are really data center, involved in data center infrastructure are often worried about compute density from a kilowatt perspective uh, as a limiting factor. So older data centers just can't supply as much power to a rack and that, that can limit the racks. So if you're coming at edge from a data center perspective, it makes sense to think about kilowatts. And that's what a lot of this report is. So that makes sense to see it there. Yeah. They have another picture. This one (laughs) reminded me of like, it's a mining thing or something. The edge cloud layer mining. (laughs) I love that you got to have pictures. I I like it. They they, they made the the pictures. The pictures have like cloud. And this is probably your cloud. right? They're all cloud sort of. Uh Uh-huh baseline graphics and then they put things on top of it so there's no solid it's all pastels it's it's like you're what yes. you're reading you're looking at renoirs and impressionist uh you know this is this is the impressionist era for powerpoint <laughs> with <laughs> the impressionist era of edge computing i think that uh, could be the title of the podcast it, it actually they look really pretty and and i don't i don't no, distract we're from being, it, but, but um it's it, it, it is, a, to me, a little bit distracting to see. To, I, I don't know if there's extra data there, and there's not. It's, it's aesthetic. And they, they do the, the ogre version of the cloud, right, where, where you have um, ogre meaning layers and onion. Okay. Um, where, <laughs> that's for Greg Altels, our CTO. The, the idea here is that you know, we, we build things up in layers, and so there's the there's this cloud at the center, and edge devices at the at the end, and then and then we layer things together. I, I'm not a fan of, of these these very layered views because I, I feel like things can go directly to cloud. They can they can be in edge. That it's that our, our evolution here is not going to be some architectural police throwing a flag on the, the the field and saying you must talk to the edge layer at the top before you uh, you know talk to the cloud. There's four layers. Infra- I get it. Infrastructure edge, then aggregation edge, then access edge. You know, I don't know. Maybe this is a visual way people like to see these things. But um. this, this is this to me is architects understanding that we will need layers. But I'll tell you, we're gonna we're not gonna. You know, if you build an edge application that requires you to have an aggregation edge before you can ship it to market, you're in deep trouble because even for the next 10 years as edge takes off, you're not going to have aggregation layers in every, every location you have edge. And so, so you're going to end up going to the cloud. And to me, this is where cloud centric edge is important. Um, and not something we've talked about in the, in this very much, although fog is next. So we'll talk about it. Yeah. In a second. You, you can't build an edge application that assumes that you have all of the edge layers and infrastructure available because they don't exist and they won't exist in all places. And so everything you build is going to have to be rely, able to rely on cloud as a backhaul in places where you don't have the correct infrastructure. And that's going to be, you know, it's going to solve problems, it's going to create problems, but it's the transitionary stage. So I, I get I get a little frustrated with, with, a, with a, a, a nested diagram like this because they're not required components. Um, well, it reminds me of, you know, I'm just going to throw in another podcast so that people listen, Jordan Rinke's podcast, hmm. where he talked about at Walmart, you know, they're building this massive system. But as he said, in Africa or places in Asia, we may not have full-time connection. And sometimes they disconnect and they, ne- they need to build for all versions. It's a fascinating thing, right? This is exactly, they're like, oh, we love to operate in high bandwidth cases, but we always build for, yeah, for that Walmart in, you know, sub-Saharan Africa where bandwidth is limited and IT support is, you know, can take a long time to get. So we're now on page 24, which is the fog stuff. And, and it's interesting. I, here in Boise, I run a cloud meetup and about two and a half years ago, we had a fog computing meetup, which was <laughs> yeah. very well attended. 
and the guy explained it and I'm like, well, how is that really different than anything else? And, and here it is, they call it out in the document, you know, what is fog? There's an open fog consortium. Um, but I don't really see fog everywhere. Is fog real? Is fog what? Tell me what it is. I see Cisco's name everywhere. This is a, this is one of those problems where I'm not a fan of the term in general, but it, it's even more problematic because Cisco trademarked it effectively. And, and just like uh, Gartner's uh, mode one, mode two things where it's a Gartner term. And if you're using it, you're actually, you know, sort of violating their trademarks fog because it became a vendor term and they product, they attached it to a product push. It really made it uh, problematic for people to use the term because even if they weren't enforcing a trademark, you were like, am I endorsing Cisco? Uh, we have the same problem, by the way, we industry wide have the same problem with software defined data center, which is a VMware term. And, and if you start using it, it quickly becomes obvious, you know, it's very confusing from a, a web search and a, what, you know, what people are saying, because you run into that. Well, it, one of the things it says here, which is weird, it says, it's not another term for edge computing, but then its definition is it's an end-to-end horizontal architecture that distributes storage control and networking function closer to the users along the cloud, the thing continuum. Now I like the word yeah. continuum. Cloud, the thing continuum reminds me of uh, like the fantastic four or something with thing. I don't know. <laughs> but that is, and then in the document, it says fog is a type of workload run on top of edge. Uh, this is, this is just, I, it's are just, they trying to force something in to be nice to everyone here? Uh, well, this is where people like the term cloud. So they're, they're then like, you know, you get the same thing, right? Vapor, Vapor's company name is sort of similar. Please, marketing people, do not feel like you you must use cloud references to describe your products. It, it does not add clarity. Uh, <laughs> all right. And I'll take personal stop. responsibility for <laughs> any of those things that I do terrible as a marketing person. But what's interesting here is they've published standards with IEEE. I mean, they've gone to a whole different group of people. Yeah, but I mean, this is this is where I guess as a technologist, I I get very frustrated when when a, a vendor shows up and sort of tries to get ahead of a term and, and brand it and things like that. No, I mean I'm guilty of this too. But and then it talks about here something called MEC, which is not something I knew, and I guess this is a Nokia Siemens term. Yeah, it's hard to have a term that is a three-letter acronym that's actually a four-word phrase. Multi-access edge computing. Uh, yeah, but the hyphen makes it where they don't use the the, the M M A E C I. And this is connected to ETSI, which is a European standards body. So everyone's applying their standards. And then, of course, I love this. Nokia branded the capability liquid applications. Now, this stuff is not as well known maybe yeah. here in the States, but maybe in Europe, everyone knows this as well as we know fog. Maybe. I. This is right. The people who are building this stuff are, are, are not so worried about what they're naming it. They're, they're, they're worried about building it. And so I, I, I'm glad they're, they're calling these things out. I'm glad they're listing the, the chapters because that does matter to do this. And, and, and even more importantly, they've done a good job showing all the vendors. Uh, so we have software at the edge, right? So we're already at applications, page 27. And I, I like the drone, right? The, the idea of drones. Um, yeah. And so this is one of those things where that you know, people aren't waiting for you to have edge, you know, edge infrastructure to make all this stuff work. And that's one of the things that I think is there's a nod here to that. Definitely in, in the show that we're talking about, there's no requirement that you build new stuff, uh, build the infrastructure, and then the apps. The, the apps are going to come first, um, and then new apps are going to show up as we build more and more uh, multi-tenant infrastructure. Um, and so they do a good job actually going through this. They keep throwing in Kubernetes and Mesos. Yeah. Uh, and there's actually a, the, the, the stuff, there's a there's an appendix by Chris Anziak for who I'm I'm sure I butchered his name. One of the, the one of the, the directors at the CNCF talk about Kubernetes and open source and things like that. This isn't that much of an open source uh, dialogue. Is it? There is a point here I want to call out in the developer takeaway here. They make this statement, and, and this one... Page 29. Page 29, here it is. 
As a developer, you may not need significant work for your existing applications to operate from edge computing infrastructure. But this <laughs> is like saying, take your enterprise apps in your data center and just put it to the cloud. That's it. Now it's on the cloud. You're good. Now we're going to take it and just move it to edge. I, I mean, I'm sorry. This one to me, I, I, yeah. I, this is stretching it. It's, and it's just the like idea telling that them they just, can containerize their existing their if legacy. If you just put it on a container, it's all going to work. And, <laughs> and, and sure, some things are built for containers, but not everything is. And as as we happen to work at work, a little project called Digital Rebar, which we'll promote. Yeah. It's not that easy to just take things and move it from one platform to another when they're not connected to it. And I, I think this one, this seemed a bit, um, I know like there's always exceptions to any general rule, but for many developers today, the hurdle they must jump to capitalize edge computing is low. And in some cases will be non-existent. I, 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 I'm sorry, that, that's just, I can't, I have a hard time believing that. I, I agree with you on that one. My uh, BS indicators are, are, are flashing uh, here. I, I think that, you know, if, if I was building an edge application, edge connected car, something like that, oh my goodness, that I could, I could drop a server into an area, you know, get low latency within a geo, which is very, car, autonomous cars are really constrained by cities right now, metro areas. And you could create a data center that's low latency within the metro area and then build your own infrastructure for it. You know, and that's a, there's a long stretch between that and actually being able to distribute a global application. Um, so yeah, maybe you, you can start writing something, but I, I don't think that's even close to what it's going to end up looking like. No, and I and again, when I think back to Simon's uh, podcast with his thinking hmm? with state and stuff, I mean, you know, Simon's like it's 180 degrees, but but his but his and his applications are really saying we're going to do. We're going to have mini data centers, right, for him in every um, yeah. uh, light, right? Every every stoplight is going to have a mini data center doing analytics at that at edge data center. And I, I, I think there's a, a huge element of truth, right? Uh, autonomous cars are mini data centers. Um, that When I look at that, though, th that's not the right answer. The right answer is not to put more computers in cars, right? We want to no. offload that because it's expensive. It's hard to maintain. It's hard to update. It's hard to control. And that's the Hangar podcast, which hasn't come out yet soon. And and the Hangar podcast is a really big one for me. And they explained the opposite version of taking all the compute power out of the car and putting sensors and, you know, just different. Anyway, I, I, I just wanted to comment. I don't totally, think that. Totally. And this is this to me is part of the there's a current applications are built client server. They're built, right. um, you know, sort of I have my data and I control my data. Edge, everything we've we've talked about with Edge, and this is another topic to put in, the, in our in our 50 show wrap up is is moving towards shared data where the device doesn't have or own or the company doesn't own the data they have to share it uh so you're collecting video from other cars right you're, you're right. looking ahead of yourself in traffic by getting data feeds from other cars totally different development paradigms than we're used and i think that's the key to me from the hangar that was a big thing so we'll keep moving chapter four is just kind of the history and it's a history, and they have nice little pictures. I thought this on the was side. pretty good. Yeah. No, they did, but you have your little Mars planet, or it's green, so is that Venus? And uh, <laughs> but there's still soft pastels. A galaxy far, far away. We're we're terrible. You can you can you can you can uh, trapezoid the whole paper and turn it into a Chiron. So it's funny. So I, I think we can move through that one. Then they talk about the giant wave of edge, and I do like the picture on page uh, forty. I do, I do like that. Oh, this is, yeah. Surfing the giant wave of edge, the surge of edge computing. I like it. I like uh, that picture. I, I, <laughs> I, I want to have the, the, I want to have my, my trumpets and drums playing for this section. Cause it's uh, creating portent, creating portent riptides that drag the cloud towards the edge. It's just <laughs> but, but I do think it's interesting. They listed uh, the different technologies involved you know, 5G, blockchain, these different things. I think this is a great section. There's your hybrid and multi-cloud and one thing. God, hybrid clouds is just great. Uh, but, you know, I, I think hybrid's just what computing is. I we, we need to get over it. And they talked about undersea cables, which I thought was interesting that the companies are putting their own cables in. 
Oh yeah. Under people, this is one of those hidden things where um, there's a ton of fiber and cables and much more of the, the industry is shaped by where these uh, fibers terminate and who owns them than, than people realize. Uh, and edge is going to be the same thing, right? That was new. Now they call them submarine cabling. Is that the term for cables underwater? Yeah. I could see a submarine laying the cable. I didn't know it was called submarine cabling. Uh, yeah, they're actually surface ships lay them. There's some really good uh, videos about about what the process is and the cables. It's fantastic technology. So these aren't exactly easy to maintain. So um, you know you don't get two chances on on laying them. And then every once in a while, there's a major there's a cut. Some something cuts uh, one of the ca- one of the, the uh, these fiber cables, and they have to splice them. And there's a comment here in 43 about cloud-based security and security. There is not a lot of security here. We can barely secure our cloud application. The security of this stuff, I, I don't even want to think about. We should go talk to some security folks trying to figure this out. I know we've done security, but I don't it, know. It, it'll be sort of interesting hypothetical stuff. I'm still, I'm still imagining the undersea cables dangling across the reefs and things like that. But anyway, sorry. Got it. I'll, I'll no, you're, you're, you're good. So let's go to chapter six, keeping us moving. And it's your applications, which is the thing you wanted to focus on. We- That's all right. The Rob herding is always a challenge on this. We're not going to dive into each one. Um, I want to talk more generally and we'll name them so that people can know that to go dig in. Um, but what they did, I, I really like is they created um, what I would call a spider chart. Um, they did it with the, the planets, You'll see when if you read the report what we mean. What they did was they scored each one of these application sections on six different uh, factors, uh, bandwidth, availability, locality, security, jitter, and latency. And so they, they did a sort of really interesting thing to say not all edge applications are equal. They have different priorities in how they operate. And so I, I liked this sort of scoring Although I, I didn't feel like they then graphed it in a way that, that was easy for me to comprehend. I would have rather seen actual spider charts um, mm-hmm. because it, visually it's easier for me to sort of read a spider chart than look at the um, – they did it more like – Lighting thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm seeing frets on a guitar. This is, a, this is an E chord and a, this is a D chord. Oh, I don't, yeah. You know, it's, yeah, you go. there's your, their auditory link for this. Does the left side mean it's low? And if the planet is on the right, that means it's high, I assume. Yeah, and if you put them all together, you get stairway to heaven. It's pretty cool. <laughs> but I, I do like, you know, I, we've talked about Edge a lot. Never once have we talked about video games. And I do think oh, that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's a great case that they brought up that just the speed of it. We, we talk about VR and AR a bit. Um, and VR is definitely one of those ones. I, I do VR um, at home. Definitely one you could see needing edge to really make it work. It's a whole different level of interaction. I almost never do multi-player uh, because it's, it's just um, it's pretty intense from that perspective. Well, it even talks about the Fortnite lag. I mean, these guys... They wrote it, they're right at state of the art because I said it to my son. He goes, yeah, I need a faster computer because I can only run so many frames. And he's like, I need to run like 200 frames a second, not 50. It's too slow. And I threw him out of my room. And they they do a good job talking about frame rates um, and things like that. But one of the things that I really liked in here is that they they don't uh, assume the applications are edge only. So in every section, they talk about what the, the... the application spaces like large scale IOT or industrial IOT. And then they have a separate uh, discussion about how edge up edge shapes that. So I feel like that's one of these, these great acknowledgements of none of these, these application classes are new to edge. They're, they're existing edge applications that will be accelerated, enhanced, improved by edge infrastructure. Um, but like industrial IOT is, you know, people can just roll a, you know, a set of servers into a factory and, and create their edge environment. They don't need uh, the telco to show up with a multi-tenant edge infrastructure at their at their you know local point of presence you know networking switch station. They can just solve the problem. And so we're you know there's no we're not slowing down IoT application or sorry edge applications because we don't have this infrastructure built out. I, I still think this is a really good section. You know, I, I like the, the different topics and stuff that they went on. I mean, I have to say, overall, they were fair to everyone. 
I mean, they even have the word OpenStack in here. Uh, they get, you know, everything Ouch. is there. I'm not being mean OpenStack. Come on. OpenStack didn't participate in the report. So, but they're, they're right. It's, and so from that perspective, the vendors, Stephen, I think you're right. The vendors didn't produce a vendor report. They produced no. an industry report. Yeah, very much so. Um, so they talk about autonomous vehicles, uh, edge content delivery. So CDN is, you know, is, is what edge was before everybody realized how cool it was going to be. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> back in the day when I was doing my CDN. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> I actually, I would, I would like to see more CDN. We should see if we can get some CDN guests in to, to do yeah. that in the day. One, and one of the things that's not in here that much is the machine learning. Um, so if you look in the AI and machine learning, there's a section where they talk about GPUs, FPGAs, yeah. TPUs. It's a lot of pages. They covered a lot. So at some point, someone must have said, okay, guys, we're, you know, we're at 93 with the glossary. We have to- <laughs> I, yeah, and I wish what they'd done is they, they'd broken this, this. This could have been done as a monthly release and gotten the sections. Because I think, that, you know, if, if you're listening, download this report. It is a good report to download. You know, skip ahead to the 50, you know, page 50 and look at the applications and the analytics of the applications. You know, you're a latest shiny listener. You're already educated on the first 50 pages because we've done an amazing job for you laying this out. And, you know, you're, you'll still get value in the, in the back half here where, where, you know, there's some thoughtful analytics of what these different systems are going to be, right? Here's video surveillance, which, you know, is... You know, video ingest is a, is a big deal, and there's applications for taking video and and using it on edge infrastructures that we haven't even thought through, right? Edge, you know, people think surveillance, video surveillance means I'm just collecting data. I'm looking for, you know, the person, you know, dropping a, uh, you know, not picking up their dog poop on my lawn, which I do have video surveillance for. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, actually, that's not true. I, I actually have a, a little station where people can get bags and, and throw it it's out themselves. It's a huge problem in my neighborhood. <laughs> so oh. now we have now we have the killer app. Um, yeah. But the, <laughs> the reality is, is that that that, that data is going to be used in ways that we haven't even thought about. Um, once we figure out ways to process it and analyze it and things like that, because there's there's a lot of secondary information that this video surveillance is gonna is gonna pull in, and that'll then throw in something that's not mentioned in here except in very brief passing, which is regulatory environments. And and the last section to keep us moving is the implications. And again, you know, they talk about how this is going to change things. One thing I did notice is is uh, there's a quote from Vapor, I'm not calling out call here, but he talks about, you know, the idea that we have an electrical grid, you know, we can put energy everywhere. You know, we'll have this edge computing grid which will deliver, you know, all these kind of fancy things. And it just from a security standpoint, we can barely keep our electrical grid up or secure. And now we're talking about building a global technology thing. I mean, for those of us in the big brother world that freak out on these things, I do think edge will scare people beyond belief. And we're already seeing uh, abuses of the little bit of stuff going on now. And um, yeah, I think there needs to be some sort of oversight above this coming from people outside the computing industry, but I don't, that would be nice to have something like that in here. But um. yeah, it's, it, it's, it's an interesting balance. Cause if you go back in early days for electrical grids, they were small, regional, private things, but the, the potential for electricity to transform people's lives, right. With refrigeration and work, you know, being able to work after, after in evening times we're, right. It was transformative. You know, we, we're we're seeing this with access to data through cell phones. I, it's not it's not as clear yet how Edge is going to create that type of transformation. But I, I think that a reasonable person could start looking at robotics, human, you know, real systems that augment and extend human capacity. And those those systems were were, you know, we're already at the at the edge. We're already at the point where you know, if computer systems are down, food doesn't get shipped, right? People, people's cars won't start. Things don't work. Uh, and so from that, that perspective, you know, pervasive compute and its reliability does become a life or death 
problem, which is where I think of electricity, right? So there's one last comment I want to make, and then we'll have to wrap up. But on page 65, there's an interesting thing. And, you know, as we come and we work on bare metal with digital rebar and racket and stuff, and again, not doing commercial for ourselves, we're very good at this, everyone, is there is this discussion that because there's going to be such advances for hardware at the edge, that the software is going to have to take advantage of it, which means you can't completely abstract away. And I do think this could be, and there's a great Alan Kay quote here, people who are really serious about software should make their own hardware. I do think there's a real opportunity for hardware to reemerge software in a way that is different than cloud, where we've abstracted completely. It's almost, we're going to now stop abstracting and go back down. I, I see that as coming. Maybe I'm wrong, but... They seem to indicate that in here. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there's a renaissance coming for hardware, especially because we need all these machine learnings and TV, you know, power and, and compute capacity have to be so optimized. But the problem is heterogeneity. And it's very hard for somebody to build a market where there's so much heterogeneity that you can't you know, find developer talent there's no there's no standards like arm one of the challenges with arm is that it lacks the consistent uh, management protocols that that intel systems have right they don't pixie the same way they don't uh, have the same ipmi right all those all those things that even though they're, they're loose standards they allow us to accelerate because of common practice you you have to have a balance in this and this is one of the things that scares me about edge right now is that you can just throw a couple of servers in a data in, in you know 100 data centers across the US create an edge cuz that'll cover all the metros create an edge infrastructure and that's going to be snowflake like crazy right openstack one of the challenges with openstack and proliferation of openstack was the, the snowflaking effect where there wasn't a standard practice so it was very hard to create good patterns and practices i think edge is really challenging as we race to build a whole bunch of these data centers. If the hardware starts to be variant or continues to be variant or how are you going to push again, we're not talking about pushing out to, you know, four, three or four clouds at their major data centers. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of endpoints. Yeah. And that scale here isn't discussed. The idea of, they, you know, I love the go, we'll just use automation. Well, people are still struggling with automation now in the cloud. Well, and heter- heterogeneity is, is a huge problem, right? This is the thing, and we don't sell uh, Rackn or Digital Rebar uh, in the podcast, but it's worth noting and it's worth you know exploring what Digital Rebar does because heterogeneity, it, data center heterogeneity is the driving design challenge for Digital Rebar, um, right? And, and it's a hard problem. It's one that we, we think about a lot. So it's, you know, it, it is, it's a very real problem here. All right, so we're almost done. The ingredients for marketplace piece in, in the mix here. We're going to talk about they, they have <laughs> the last, the very last page of this report um, is actually the marketplace stuff, uh, and we think that's where the whole podcast, uh, frankly. And then they spend a lot of time talking about the World Cup. <laughs> they they do because it's coming to North America. I guess people are excited. I, I don't know. I'm not watching. I'm bad. I'm not watching the games, but I am keeping track of the scores. And then the fact that two teams can have the exact records out of three games, and then it gets decided which team moves on based on how many yellow cards they got. I, again, the downfall of soccer to me as an American, sorry to our listeners, is games are decided by who had more yellow card for a team to go on. And instead of actually playing the game, you have a shootout where you kick the ball, I guess it's a little like hockey, but you don't have shootouts in hockey very much. Uh, that's my problem with soccer. I apologize to the soccer fans. I know we're going to get nasty <laughs> notes. but and, and the last thing is, you know, CNCF makes this little call to community, everyone to join together. But it, it has a bit too much Kubernetes stuff for me with the giant Kubernetes picture. But, okay, I mean, you know, this is – there's got to be marketing in this, right? As a marketing guy. So, so I, I actually will give you the contrarian view on that, and then then we can wrap up. But I, we need platforms at the edge, and and with a nod to the fog concepts, right? We need those platforms to not be for the edge only. They they need to be consistent platforms that work in multiple multiple locations, right? And so you know, Kubernetes or Mesos or, or some type of, of of cloud platform is necessary to make all this stuff go. And so I, I think that's that's very real. And if it's a vendor tool, it's not going to have the ubiquity that 
you know, sort of a, a, a multi-vendor platform will have. So there's reason to make this work. And page 77 has a great, it has the edge computing landscape from CNCF. And I really like this chart. You could see there's a lot of companies working on different parts of this. And so I, I think it's good overall. I mean, I think this is a great document. My understanding is they'll refresh this in maybe a year. Maybe they'll do it in six months because they think it's changed. But strongly encourage our listeners to go get it, and take a look at it. And of course, you know, we know a lot of the people that wrote this, they did a great job. I think this, this is an enormous amount of work and um, kudos to them for doing it. And, you know, again, we're having a little fun with it. But at the same time, I think there's, we wouldn't do this podcast if we didn't think there was value to send our listeners yeah, out there. To uh, I, this is this is worth a download and read. You know, use you know, the, I, your email should be in safe hands. One thing I will note, Stephen, if you look, you get out your your magnifying glass. Uh, in the edge relevant software on the right, down in the middle left column, <laughs> I feel like it's a treasure map. Did you see digital rebars in? Yeah. Well, I saw it has rack N logo I've in there. Sponsor, yeah. Yeah, there you go, in the infrastructure side. Yeah. My marketing job, I'm not doing such a terrible job. I get to keep it for a little longer, I guess. But they have us first. How did that happen? It certainly Very wasn't by, by amount paid. <laughs> it's, well, clearly it's important. Or, or they just like our logo best. I think that's. But how often do you see Rackin on the same chart with Google Cloud? Uh, rack space, digital ocean. I, it's what, you know, it's on, I paint it on my walls when I wake up in the morning. So I see it all the time. But AWS, I do like under edge relevant software, there's a black <laughs> rack. I don't even know what it is. They don't even have their name. I need to go search. So if you listen to this podcast and you know what the black rat is, uh, oh, and they're edge relevant software, digital rebar as well. Both yeah, of no, them. That's what I'm saying. We're amazing. So, so at listeners, <laughs> um, <laughs> We're, we're, we're getting a little punchy as, at the end. We hope you enjoyed this. Uh, it is a good report. We, the, you know, Obviously, we spent some time dissecting it. We're going to do a whole other section on broader cloud, and we hope you'll join us for that one. I think it'll be our 50th podcast, and so you'll get the Stephen and I uh, one-on-one again, sort of ret- retrospectiving some of these, these big concepts and going taking this report, I think, even further, because to me there's, there's some places they don't go. I'd like to see. And also, if you're if you're listening to this, we have launched a new Medium blog for this podcast. Now that we've hit 50, we're coming up on a year of nonstop once a week, which is really fantastic. So this podcast, I expect to start growing even bigger in its second year. So definitely uh, latest shiny on Medium. Uh, take a look for it. And Rob, thanks again for uh, joining me today. 